Helms. He is our communications director at the city of Monmouth. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. With us this morning, we have Mayor Rod Davies. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. And we'll be talking with Alderman Brian Daw. That's also coming up. He's the past president of the Monmouth Flying Club, as well as being a member of city council. Gentlemen, where would you like to start? Uh, well, I'll go ahead and kick it off with the uh, presentations or citizen inquiries. Um, we actually had uh, a number of them last night. Uh, we had four. Uh, first was Mike Shedd with the Tin Cup. Uh, he came to ask council to consider uh, doing a, a lane closure uh, for an event that he's going to be having that's going to mark the uh, one-year anniversary of the Tin Cup being open. And uh, he, he wants to uh, just do a partial lane closure so there's a little bit of extra room there on the sidewalk because the event will be outdoors. Uh, it'll have live music, um, uh, different different treats, different things like that um, that's going on. So uh, council is going to consider that, and uh, I'm sure there will be uh, more information on the uh, event on their uh, social media page that they have. Yeah, the band is no reason, and looking like 1030 to 1 mm -hmm. will be the time that they uh, – they play and and I uh, heard Mike last night and looks like they just want to make sure there's room for people mm -hmm. to meander through um, uh, safely while that band is playing. Yep and one of the things that we did um, last year when we did um, all the outdoor seating uh, that was available for um, you know the COVID restrictions and different things like that was uh, the police department had purchased some uh, jersey barriers that's those uh, concrete barriers. Sure. Um, they, they act as pretty good um, uh, I guess you could say traffic safety nets. Um, so uh, he requested a couple of those uh, be deployed down there for him as well. So that'll work out pretty well. And then we did have three uh, inquiries uh, after that that were speaking about another agenda item that we had. Um, ICS has made a request for a permanent street closure in the uh, 200 block uh, West Archer. And uh, we had three of the neighbors that were around the area um, that were not uh, speaking in favor of that, just kind of bringing some of their considerations um, for city council to hear. Um, and we'll talk, we'll talk more about that um, when it pops up on the agenda. And then um, I guess I'll hand it over to Mayor Davies. Sure. Um, we, um, we had a, a, a a service agreement with um, Woodard and Curran to address one of the um, upcoming uh, mandates that we've had. This one's a federal mandate uh, that we need to do a risk and resilience assessment of our water system and then prepare an emergency response plan in, re in uh, reaction to that uh, risk and uh, resilience assessment. So uh, th that is one of those federal mandates on the safety and make ensuring the safety of our water supply and the entire system. And um, so we're doing that and we approved that contract and that'll be in two parts and each one is 50,000 each for a total cost of $100,000. It's uh, unfortunately an expensive mandate. Uh, we had provided for that in our budget and uh, so, you know, we've got a couple others. So things like that that are, we're required to do. So we just don't have much choice. We do the best we can and get it done. And, and, and again, it is for the, make sure that our system is safe and, and, and we're, 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 so we're happy happy to do that from that perspective so yeah just checking it out making sure all is well i know andy a couple weeks ago was in and said that uh going to be checking over the next year the water service lines uh, making sure that those are all uh what they need to be and or what what i think it's a requirement mm -hmm. um that that be filled out that paperwork so yeah. got a lot got a lot going on yeah there's a lot and then uh, also in our um 
our permit that was issued, you know, there's a number of other assessments and studies that have to be done on on all phases of uh, the our sewer system and, and water system. So we'll be prepare, preparing and doing those as, as required. So that's some of the things that, uh, you know, we deal with on an ongoing basis and figure out how to pay for it. Um, on the other side, the, um, the the good news piece of, of that was the Illinois EPA did award the city the uh, Green Infrastructure Grant, which is a great uh, opportunity for us to um, uh, work with the Monmouth Roseville School District and uh, put in the three or four different rain garden features to divert uh, stormwater runoff from the very large uh, parking lot that the uh, school district has. And it... We're trying to work with them to make it part of their curriculum and from a biology standpoint and maybe from an FFA standpoint about uh, the plantings and uh, care and maintenance of those facilities. And then also, um, you know, what it means to divert that uh, water from uh, our combined sewer system. Uh, our takeaway and the big advantage to the citizens is uh, we believe that this uh, combined with the first two phases of our combined sewer overflow plan that we were mandated to do. Uh, we are hoping this eliminates the third phase, uh, which we believe it will, based on preliminary studies that um, would keep us from having to spend a million and a half plus dollars for that third phase. So we're going to get these put in at, uh, with the help of this grant, and then uh, we will study uh, the events and see how we do and uh, give us a little more time to evaluate uh, before we have to begin and get involved in spending money for that third phase. So we uh, we find that's uh, a good good for everyone. Will you be using the rain gardens that you had in the plans for the ITEP grant for the downtown? Do you already kind of have a spec of what that looks like? Yeah, I think you'll see start to see some of that, what that looks like, and uh, we hope to hear from that ITEP grant soon. And uh, we also... Uh, received word, you know, from Congresswoman Bustos that there will be some infrastructure money headed our way. And so we'll wait to see. Uh, that could be critical in us uh, redoing the infrastructure in the downtown before we start the actual re rehab and from the ITEP. So we needed a match, and that would be a great source for that match. So um, we'll keep working with them, and hopefully that comes our way. Okay, what's next? Uh, and we did have a couple public safety reports. Uh, started off with Chief Rex wrote with the uh, fire department. Uh, their training for the month was on uh, building construction and forcible entry. Um, the forcible entry, you know, a lot of people have locked doors, different things like that. and uh, Or there may be something uh, blocking the door um, or just general entrance to it. So they, they have a bunch of different techniques that they do. Um, they actually have some pretty cool tools that they can use and uh, a few years ago they bought a, a training prop that they keep at the north station uh, allows them to train on uh, opening steel doors different things like that so um, they, they work on that and it's a pretty affordable way to to get the training instead of you know going to the hardware store and buying a new door every day so um, that worked out pretty well uh, chief rex also did uh, want to give a former dispatcher uh, that worked for us uh, some kudos because uh, Jennifer Smith had come to the station and painted a, uh, a thin red uh, line flag on the wall and uh, their scramble kind of their logo onto it um, looked real nice uh, we've got pictures of it on the uh, fire department 
Facebook page if anybody's interested. And uh, Firefighter Osborne uh, went through and found a uh, grant program for Narcan to replace some of the Narcan that they use. Um, that is used when they are on scene and they find somebody who may have an opioid overdose. Um, that helps bring them, bring them out of that. Um, also found some creative ways to save money on some of the medications that they have to uh, keep. That's one of the things with first responder organizations. Uh, they may not use the medication every day, but it still has a uh, relatively short uh, shelf life, so they're constantly replacing medication. So anything we can do to save some money there is always appreciated. Um, they will begin hydrant flushing on May 1st. Um, that's something that uh, we always try and let a lot of people in town know. Uh, because when they do the hydrant flushing, there's a number of reasons that we do it. Uh, it's mostly the, to clean the lines and make sure that the hydrants are uh, still operational. And sometimes there are components that need replaced, that kind of thing. Um, also helps the firefighters keep up their uh, knowledge of where the hydrants are and what kind of flow they can get mm -hmm. out of those hydrants too. Um, but the reason that we always try and let everybody know that we're starting to do that um, is it does pull all the sediment out of the lines. So, um, you know, for maybe an hour or so after, um, you can kind of have some discolored water. Right. So if anybody's in one of those areas that is getting flushed, uh, which we're going to post daily where that area is at in Monmouth, um, all they have to do is just run their faucet for a couple minutes and it should clear at that point. Okay. And uh, they've also mailed out all their uh, paid fire protection um, uh, packets that people can return. Uh, what paid fire protection is um, in within a certain radius of Monmouth, uh, I believe it's two miles, there is uh, paid fire protection, which is an optional service that you can get uh, with Monmouth with the Monmouth Fire Department to where if there is a fire, um, they will also respond with whoever the rural fire department is um, that's in the area, um, kind of gives a quick response, uh, uh, pretty rapid response time. And uh, some insurance companies do give you a discount um, if you have that on your uh, homeowner's insurance as well. So if anybody's interested about that program, um, they can call the uh, fire station at 734-8428, and uh, they give you a little bit more information on that. Uh, so that, <clears throat> excuse me, fire protection packets, they've been mailed out? Uh, the paid fire protection packets, yes. Paid um, fire protection and Anybody who is, has been with inside that area, um, they uh, kind of send out a notice saying, hey, uh, this is an annual program that you can opt into um, if you want. But sometimes, you know, people move in Did not uh, know to anything the area, about it, yeah. didn't know about it, that kind of thing. So uh, we're also going to do a social media post on that in the next couple of days. So. And then uh, after that, we had the police department uh, monthly report. Uh, Chief Schweitzer uh, informed council that uh, the department has been involved in several um, large drug operations um, as far as trying to uh, stem any drugs that are coming into the community, things like that. Uh, he couldn't really get into any details because, of course, it's an, an ongoing trial thing. So. Uh, but they have been working quite a bit, so we're, okay. we're proud of that. Um, they have also been doing a lot of targeted traffic details. Uh, those are generally state and federal funded. Uh, what that is is just, you know, basically looking for seatbelt violations, cell phone usage, that kind of thing. So we've, we've had an uptick in um, uh, trying to get compliance on that as well. And uh, then uh, they did have some air conditioning issues at the building, but they got all those resolved. Okay. And that is about it for that. I think I'll hand it over to Alderman Dahl for the uh, airport hangar bids. 
Okay, Brian Daw with us. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. How about you? Doing great. Um, yeah. So uh, after the process, uh, it's been a long process, but we finally were able to get the airport hangar out for bid, and uh, we had the bid opening um, last uh, last Friday, and then Monday uh, Monday night we went ahead and approved the low bidder, which was. Uh, Lytican Construction out of Breeze, Illinois. They're kind of the Metro East area down by uh, St. Louis. Uh, they had uh, all the bids were up with above what we were expecting with the uh, just the cost of raw materials has really been up this spring. But they were they were pretty aggressive in their bid, 14 percent below the average price. And uh, so we're looking forward to get that going. It's been a long process. Uh, you know the hangar fire was in October of 2019, and and we're just now finally getting through all the approvals. Part of it was we had to move the hangar to the west side of the airport. Um, the FAA uh, mandated that due to the proximity of the old hangar to the runway. Uh, the specifications have changed for the distance you're allowed from a runway uh, since that hangar was originally built in the 60s. And in order to get uh, matching funds back from the FAA to uh, from the federal transportation safety uh, money, we get a 90% match back from them. And in order to do that, we had to reconfigure the airport and put it on the west side, which I think will be long-term will be good anyway. So so anyway, really excited to get that project going this summer. Hopefully, uh, we'll be putting in this, uh, it's a 10-unit T-hanger. Um, so 10 airplanes, uh, five of the people who had planes before uh, have it expressed interest in a hangar and then uh, we also have interest in all other of the other five hangars so we should be able to fill that up and as soon as that uh, as soon as we get it built which is really good because it also you need a certain number of based planes at the airport to qualify for all this federal money um, so it's a, a real savings to the community to get it back and have have you know 10 people renting and and then we'll probably move most of the ag operations to the east side where they've been on the west side. What was the bid, Brian? Uh, the bid was... What's it cost these days? Because you're right, materials are much more expensive than they were two months or two years ago. $871,635 is what uh, Lytican bid. They're, they were the low bidder. The bids ranged up to uh, over $1.1 million with an average price of uh, just over a million at a million sixteen. So they came in 14% below the average. So okay, seemed to be a pretty competitive bid. Yeah. Well, that'll be good news to get that rebuilt. Yeah, that'll be great. How long will it take, do you reckon? Um, they think there's probably going to be a two to three month lead time because to get the the hangar is largely pre, pre-made. Um, it's it's pre-cut, I guess, is the way to, to describe it, and then they'll bring it in and, and assemble it. So I think they'll probably be about a month on site once they get here, but it's it's uh, probably a two- to three-month lead time to get somebody in here because of the nature of how busy construction is right now. Sure. So not going to be here in time for our, our annual Flying Club breakfast, right? Uh, no, it probably won't be built by then. We, uh, we, we're still planning on having the breakfast. We'll probably use a couple of tents and stuff. We want to get that going again. We had to, We were not unable to do it last year due to COVID. Right. Um, but uh, we're planning on uh, planning on having the breakfast this this summer in some form. It may be a little bit reduced just because of you know we won't have all the facilities yet. 
but uh, you know it, we're we're moving along. We got our fuel hooked up a couple of weeks ago, and just waiting for our delivery, and then we'll be able to sell fuel and and uh, you know so things are coming along. Just takes a while to come back from a fire like that. Absolutely. So. Yeah, the uh, we were able to move the uh, fuel tanks and also get a credit card reader on there, so we can now have twenty four seven fuel sales, uh, which was a nice upgrade for that, and uh, that's been moved over to the west side as well, where the where the planes will be uh, based. So, um, yeah, it, just to tag in on what Brian said, it's a lengthy process, and one that was uh, made worse due to the partial shutdowns at the state, and uh, again, it was critical that we follow through with all the appropriate steps so that, again, we could preserve that 90% federal match, and um, so, it, you know, we're there, we've at least got a bid, and uh, we'll be ready to move forward. Yeah. Long overdue. Okay. And the airport did get uh, CARES money for moving that fuel tank, so that was kind of a nice a nice addition. So that helped out a lot as well. Well, good news. We're going to have our airport back. Yep. Thank you, Brian, for the update. You bet. And uh, also ICS last night uh, asked for a street closure uh, on April 23rd from 5.30 to 7 p.m., and that's a Friday for a uh, drive through dinner. And that's kind of the same spot that Rotary Barbecue had all, always used, and there was a street closure for that. Council did approve that, and uh, ICS did also make their formal request for a permanent street closure of the 200 block of West Archer due to the construction of a future gymnasium and they wanted an enclosed connection from the school to the new facility and so uh, we did listen to some concerns expressed by the neighbors and that will be uh, they were going to go do some more research and talk to some more people and then come back to us in the future for further consideration so so uh, that's uh, ICS wanted a permanent closure or looking at a permanent closure 200 block of East Archer did you say West Archer. West Archer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right by this, right by the school. They own the properties on both sides okay. there for that block, and uh, so um, uh, you know. But we did hear some concerns by the neighbors, so we'll continue to work through that, and they will as well, and we'll consider that at some point in the future. Okay. Um, we also had a. Um, um, I'll let uh, Ken or Brian talk about the scooters, but uh, we, we also did adopt our fiscal year 21-22 budget last night. We had uh, Administrator uh, Steinbrecher had presented that at an earlier meeting, and I really um, give a lot of credit and appreciation to Administrator Steinbrecher and our department heads for working really hard to present a balanced budget in a, in a tough environment, and uh, it's uh, one that... Uh, we it'll be difficult to to manage but as 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 always but uh, i feel good that it's a a budget that gets preserves our public safety and uh, our uh, continues to do improve our streets as we can as we get the funds to do so it's a 22.175 million dollar budget uh, 8.6 million dollars in the general fund and 8.8 million dollars in the water sewer fund and the other 2.3 million goes into a, a variety of other funds like debt service and health care and um, other projects. TIF, you know, it's just a number of different things. So 
The schools have been able to report what they expect in SR2 money from the American Rescue Plan, I believe it's called. What for the city of Monmouth can we expect or do we know yet? Um, we have not received any word about receiving anything from that. We did get, like, as I mentioned earlier, uh, some uh, word from uh, Congresswoman Bustos' office about some infrastructure money and uh, also have heard from Senator Durbin's office about a community development uh, project funds. And so we've been working with his downstate uh, 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 staff uh, person, and uh, so we feel very positive about uh, our chances there. So we do have a number of good projects, for example, like the Harlem Avenue project with the sidewalks and the street improvement for the community pool. And uh, so we, we hope that qualifies and finds some funds there. But uh, yeah, the schools are going to be receiving quite a bit of uh, federal funds, which will, um, will be good for them to help them get through this as well. So um, okay, see what happens. And then we did uh, finalize the uh, electric scooters coming to Monmouth as well. Um, that's kind of the, the unique thing that we've talked about um, in the recent past. Uh, Bird Scooters uh, contacted the city and said that they, they are expanding their markets into smaller uh, communities, less than 15,000. Uh, what they are is they're just little electric scooters that you can rent on a smartphone app on your phone, use them for short-term transits, you know, half an hour, that kind of thing. Um, to get from point A to point B um, or just take it on a nice joy ride um, and uh, we allowed them to come into Monmouth they're going to put the placing in the uh, public right-of-ways um, just in, in different areas that are outside of uh, you know traffic zones that kind sure. of thing where, where they work and uh, then people can rent them on their phone kind of ride them around uh, put them off when they're done and then a local entrepreneur will come around every day uh, pick them up, charge them, and then redeploy them to the uh, spots where you can rent them. It's kind of a, uh, um, I don't want to say experimental thing, but uh, starting off, it's uh, they use the different data from where people are going to decide where they're going to place them at. Um, I'm sure we'll have some down in the downtown and in different areas of Monmouth, and then they're kind of moved based upon where people are renting them, uh, where they're stopping, different things like that. So. It, it, it's kind of a really unique thing, and uh, one of the main concerns that we always, uh, or that we heard coming from uh, council when we presented it to them was, uh, what about, you know, people just leaving them laying around um, in different areas, that kind of thing. And Bird's answer to that was on the smartphone app, there's a way that, uh, let's say you see a scooter that's just, you know, laying in a parking spot downtown, or it's in somewhere where it probably shouldn't mm -hmm. be. Uh, you can take a picture of it uh, with the app uh, on their smartphone. Bird will automatically go back, find who the last person that rented that was, and tell them, hey, you need to be better at where you're placing this. And if you don't do that, we're not going to rent you any more scooters. So sure. So you have a little bit of a compliance um, thing in it, too, that, that should take care of those concerns. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how that works in a, in a community our size. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage drivers to to be careful. Keep those cell phones uh, where you are hands-free because not always do does everyone pay attention. It's new, and uh, you want to make sure that you're, those riding the scooters are following the same traffic laws. That's the biggest mm -hmm. challenge or hurdle sometimes. Um, and and just we got to be careful and slow down and see, see mm -hmm. what's out there.
Yeah, and that that's one of the problems that we often run into with bicycles and also particularly the motorized bicycles that um, are around town. Right. Um, those uh, have to follow the exact same laws as a motor vehicle. So stopping at stop signs, that kind of thing, um, not running through red lights. Um, the, it's all subject to the same laws, um, and the police department will be doing a higher level of enforcement on that now as well. So um, you can get a ticket just like you can with a car. Yeah, they've, they've almost got to to help with the traffic yes. flow. Yep. And with that said, also, uh, just a reminder, um, folks, there are farmers on the road. So please um, do not pass people 70 mile an hour on these back roads or on the highways. Um, mm-hmm. It's slow moving uh, farm implements. Um, you know, they've they've trying to get to and from. So just slow down and be careful and watch out for uh, for our farmers on the roads, too, while we're talking about some mm-hmm. safety on the roads. Anything else city council wise? think that's probably no, about I it. I think that was our meeting. All right, y'all. Good to see you, and uh, have a great week. Thank you. You, you too. too. That is Mayor Rod Davies, Communications Director Ken Helms, and Alderman Brian Daw with us with the City of Monmouth on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1. Let's